there's a lot of self-doubt. Why am I not doing this? And then you're like, oh, because just because I'm afraid of it. There's also this norm of, well, why are you doing something different? I don't want you to be. I don't want to be normal or average. Fear of rejection, fear of anything is normal. It's what you do with it. By choosing to do something different, you are setting yourself apart. We have to choose to let go of those things so that we can pursue our biggest dreams. I work as if it's to the glory of God, not the glory of a dollar. Fundamentally, being different, doing something different isn't bad because God has given us purpose and that's what matters. I'm your host, Amanda Boardwine, and welcome to the journey to Abandoning Average. Welcome back to Abandoning Average, guys. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Julie Wilson, the president of Women Doing Well. I met her about a year ago. I flew up to a conference of Women Doing Wells in Connecticut, and it was just absolutely incredible. They focused specifically on helping women understand the biblical worldview and mindset of generosity. And it is absolutely incredible. It changed my life. And I'm so excited to be able to help you guys experience that as well. And to just kind of walk through this journey of generosity with Julie, it's going to be incredible. And I'm so excited for all that she has to share. So let's go. Thank you so much, first of all, for doing this with me. And I am really, really excited to share this with my whole audience. I know that they're going to love it. Um, so can you take just a second and just kind of introduce who you are, what kind of got you into Women Doing Well, and what all of that is? Sure. My name is Julie Wilson. I live in Richmond, Virginia, and I have been part of this generosity conversation for about 12 years now. And I got in because a friend invited me uh, into the conversation and I, you know, didn't really know a lot about generosity. I just, my mother was a really generous person. I thought, oh, that would be great. I'd love to, I'd love to hear more. And that was 12 years ago and I haven't stopped, you know, exploring generosity. <laughs> the, the best way. Yeah. Be yeah. invited by a friend. Yeah. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how Women Doing Well um, began and then your personal like um, journey into that organization? Sure. I heard about Women Doing Well because they were doing a research project back in 2010. They started and Generous Giving, where I worked, was going to be part of that research study. So these four friends started praying together about God's heart for women and what he might want to do. And after praying for a while, they got together and thought we should do something. And so they're very savvy women and they decided to look at the research to figure out what might women need. And you won't believe it, but there was never a research study on Christian women in giving ever done. Insane. So they thought, well, that's a great place to start, right? So they phoned about 12 organizations who had indicated interest in understanding their female donors and asked if they wanted to be part of this research study. And lo and behold, uh, the, the research study uh, was top-notch. It was um, the Sagmore Institute with Amy Sherman. It was Baylor University kind of executed it. It was a wonderful study. They had told the friends that if they had 300 women fill out this survey, that that would be a statistically sound sample. So they were praying and praying for 300 after the first week, a thousand. After the second week, a couple more thousand. By the time that this thing closed out a few weeks later, they had more than 7,000 women 
respond to a 30-minute survey on their money and giving. Just in a few weeks. Just in a few weeks. It is to date still the largest body of research on women and giving, secular or Christian, in the world. And so we're really proud of it, but we're even more proud of what it says. It basically is a megaphone from Christian women that they are so excited about generosity and they want into the party. They told us with you know, very specific questions that they needed three things to kind of ignite and expand their generosity. And those three things are, they wanted to know their purpose, why they were uniquely here on the earth. They wanted to understand what they cared about, their passion, and they wanted to know how to have confidence and a plan for their giving. So purpose, passion, and plan is what they said would elevate their giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Can you, can you unpack that a little bit? Like when you guys do your um, conferences or in-person events or anything like that, what do you actually dive into with the purpose, passion plan? Well, purpose is a big topic, right? It's very popular today to talk about having a purpose driven life. You know, you've heard that about that right. book and, and that's really important. There's different levels of purpose, right? So you could have a purpose as a believer, as a Christian in the church. What are you here to do? But what we get into is what is your unique purpose? Like when you wake up at the beginning of the day, do you know why God has you here? And we do a really amazing exercise where we give a woman her two word purpose statement. And it's not based on what you do. It's not your job. It's not kind of the activities you're doing. It's literally the why you get out of bed in the morning. And it takes a while like to live into, but my two-word purpose statement is cultivating change. And so in my role as a wife, in my role as a mother, in my role at work, cultivating change is what brings me life. It's what I get to do. And so if I'm doing an activity, let's just say in my mothering, that isn't that exciting, I can apply my two-word purpose, cultivating change, and I can figure out how to turn it to be more fun and to be more on purpose. Mm -hmm. So we take that tool, which you can apply to any area, and we apply it to giving. And it's pretty powerful that women are really seeing more life and joy in their giving because they're they're experiencing it as a get-to, not a Mm have-to or a should-do. Yeah, it's igniting that within them already. Um, If I remember correctly, that's a test that they can take online, right? Yes. We partner with um, On Purpose Partners, which is a separate organization that we don't have anything to do with, but this tool has been so great. And Mary Tomlinson is one of their um, ambassadors, and she comes to our events and shares about how women can apply this tool to their giving. Right. And uh, anybody can take the test. I think it's onpurposeme.com. Okay. So I'll put that in the show notes for people. If you want to take that test and just kind of figure out your purpose in two words. (laughs) Okay. So then from there, I'm going into passion plan. So we also address passion. Passion is also something that I think is talked about a lot, but doesn't have a lot of definition. And we very specifically help a woman identify kind of what she cares about enough to sacrifice for it. And not the kind of sacrifice like you got to like grit it out and just do it. It's the same sacrifice that Jesus had when he went to the cross. Scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The sacrifice that he gave was a joy, not because it was fun, clearly it wasn't, but because we were his joy. Mm -hmm. We were the joy having a relationship with us was what he felt so excited about. So as you tap into your own story and identify the things that you pound the table for, 
when you kind of feel permission to focus on that, it gets really fun for women and for men, frankly, but we just focus on women. But it gets really exciting to be able to uh, focus on your, your passion areas. So for me, I did a short exercise, which we share in, in our experiences at Women Doing Well, where you kind of hone in on what are those? Well, my two passions are women and leadership. Mm-hmm. So you marry your, two, your passion with your purpose. So cultivating change in women and leaders, that brings me so much life. I don't have to get paid. I don't have to get sleep. I just can't do enough of it. It's such a get to for me. And so we help a woman identify those passion areas. And sometimes women are at different places. Sometimes they come into an experience and they already know what they're passionate about. Um, and we just help them put it down on paper. But sometimes a woman really doesn't know and she gets a start, right? And then we can just encourage her to keep exploring, keep asking questions until God shows her what is that area. The other thing that I think is really unique is that purpose is permanent, right? So it's something that's been with you since you were born. Passion is seasonal. It's situational. So God might um, put on the body of Christ in a country uh, certain areas that matter to him. And then he raises up believers to care about that. So we're very much um, communicating to women that passions, you know, are very um, unique to, to who you are, where you live and what God's doing in that area. Mm-hmm. And obedience and surrender are really the themes that come through that we get to be on purpose and on passion for God in the area that he's called us to. And then the final area plan is really unique to women, I think, because many women that we work with, not all of them, but many of them aren't in the workplace. And so understanding how to have a budget, how to evaluate an organization is just all new to them. Now, not all women, but many women. And so we really want to help a woman grow in her confidence in giving. And some women that do know how to run a budget and Uh, do all that kind of stuff in the workplace have said, I just don't understand how nonprofits work. They really Mm -hmm. confuse me. And so we want to hit both of those things. And we, we basically introduce those ideas and those themes in our experience. And then we provide a ton of resources that a woman could go deeper in. One of our authors, um, she started sharing her story uh, about generosity with a lot of our women and women just wanted to know more. So she wrote a book called When Women Give. And it's such a good book. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't it great? Yeah. And it's essentially a woman who wasn't very planned in her giving and the adventure that she's had creating a plan and living into the plan. And she just shares that in her book. So purpose, passion, plan are the three areas that we, we address in our events. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for unpacking that a little bit. So I kind of want to dive into this a little bit because this is kind of the direction that I'm going with this podcast is talking a lot more about stewardship and generosity and that kind of thing. And so for you, what's the, I guess, kind of the catalyst for talking about generosity? Like what's, what's so important about giving? I think what has, this has been new to me in the last 12 years, I've been a believer for almost 30 Mm -hmm. and stewardship, I think is really important. It's talked a lot about at church generosity, not, not as much. Mm -hmm. And generosity is really the very nature of God. And so I believe, you know, the definition of stewardship is to manage or look after someone else's property. Mm -hmm. So to me, stewardship is the framework for 
our generosity. Stewardship is basically getting straight who owns what. And scripture is very clear that God owns it all. Mm -hmm. So we are his stewards. We are to essentially everything he's given, give back to him. Now, some of it we need to keep for our life, you know, to pay for a roof over our head and clothing and food and fun. I mean, God's a fun God. It's not like he's a a miser, right? He's very generous and he wants to lavish us, but he also wants us to steward his resources, time, talent, and treasure. And so generosity to me is really more the example. It's the, it's the, it's the discipleship, if you will. So if stewardship is the framework, I believe that generosity is the discipleship or the example he calls us to live. So Jesus Um, for the joy set before him, gave it all. He didn't tithe on his blood. He didn't give like, he gave it all. And so it's this beautiful relationship where we get to look to Christ and say, I'm a broken person, but I want to surrender all that I have to you. What do you want me to keep versus what do you want me to give? So figure out what lifestyle God's put in your life. So some people, you know, may need to live in a bigger home because their calling is to a different group of people. Other people might sell their big home and move into the inner city because that's what God's called them to. So there isn't a one size fits all. It's a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit directing you. It's very dynamic. And honestly, who of us can say that God wouldn't change that at any point in our life? Like I've always said, I want to be ready to go. It's fully surrendered, whatever you want. I'll sell this house tomorrow and move to whatever country you want me to move to. Mm-hmm. Or I'll stay put and do the ministry that God's put in my heart right now, which has just been a, just a blast to, to really serve people who've been entrusted with much. Yeah. Uh, so I think, if, does that answer the question? Oh, yeah, that? definitely. Yeah. And you talked earlier about um, obedience and surrender and how like this, this is a lifestyle of obedience and surrender. And so when it comes out in two different ways, if somebody sells their home or somebody gets a bigger home, (laughs) but it's that, it's that living of surrendering and whatever that looks like for that person. So I love that. I love that definition. That's fantastic. I wanted to ask you about this um, because I've heard you talk about this before. A lot of people, especially in like kind of the online business space, talk about abundance and scarcity, but it's kind of in uh, the universe wants to give you more kind of <laughs> kind of thing. And so I was wondering if you can kind of un- unpack that. I like that word, but unpack that a little bit with how are they, how is abundance and scarcity different for the believer? What's a biblical view for abundance and scarcity? Oh, that is such a great question. I think it comes really right off of the stewardship generosity conversation we were just having because I believe there's a perception that that abundance is that, uh, you know, I give and then I get. Abundance is really about our worldview. It's how we see the world. And you can either have a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. I believe scripture is very clear. We are to have an abundance mindset because God is abundant right? So he's unlimited in his resources and we have the ability to trust him for what he's called us to. And we can have an abundance mentality because he's given us that opportunity to trust that he really has what we need. One of our teachers, Donna Schummel, quotes Brene Brown and she, you know, that abundance is not, the opposite of abundance isn't scarcity, it's sufficiency. And so I believe abundance is really this contentment with who you are, what you have, and what God's called you to do. 
And so it doesn't matter whether it's a lot or a little, it's all about your mindset that you have enough, you are enough, everything about your life is enough. And as you cultivate that mindset, it's almost like who can take your joy when you just believe that God's given you everything you need to do what he's asked you to do. Yeah. And I, I honestly was more of a scarcity mindset and didn't even know it. And it me too. <laughs> wasn't because I didn't have a lot. It was because I viewed the world through scarce resources. Like I need to help God by conserving these resources versus God doesn't need anything from me. He is self-sufficient. He is, he is totally capable and has everything he needs. He doesn't need one dime from me or one hour of my time. He wants to be in relationship with me. He lets me partner with him because he's a generous God, not because he needs me. And so the abundance mentality takes that picture. The scarcity mentality is always like holding back, being reserved, being afraid. And the, I just don't see anything now that I have my abundance glasses on in scripture that supports that scarcity mentality. Um, Donna also says that the word scarcity has the word scare. And the word abundance has the word dance. And I think that is such a great thing because when you're full of God's view of things, your worldview is abundance, you just are free like a dancing person would be. If you are in a scarcity mentality, which has been the majority of my life, you're full of fear. And you're scared of what might be if God drops the ball. And it's just a mindset. So it's been yeah. very powerful for me. And I, it's, I'm still lean towards scarcity, but I will tell you there are more abundant days now that I'm really living into trusting God for what he says is true in his word. Oh my goodness. So many things. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I had a, one more question that was, um, what are some of the first steps someone can take to starting a more generous lifestyle, being more open handed? Would you, would you start them down like the purpose, passion plan kind of direction? You know, it, everybody's at a different place in the journey. Mm -hmm. And so I always like to say that all of this is rooted in scripture. And so really understanding from scripture that God is generous and that he supplies all of our needs. Once we have that as the foundation, I think it really is a matter of figuring out what you need to be more generous. So I had to look at my own life. Once I became convinced that, yes, this was God's desire was for me to be generous. Like, what are my barriers? For me, purpose, passion, plan was the door opener. I became just so excited and so free around wanting to release more resources to the kingdom because... I wasn't afraid anymore. My scarcity mindset was dropping off. Other people might just need, um, you know, a Bible study or read a book. Or I mean, there's so many ways. I think the key for me is don't, it's not in the head, it's in the heart. Mm -hmm. You can have so much head knowledge about generosity and your heart is completely disengaged. So you might be writing your tithe check or your giving check every week, but have zero connection to it. And honestly, since God doesn't need anything from us, you're missing the opportunity for engagement with God around what he's given you, whether that's money, time, or, or expertise. So I would just say, start living consciously around what God's given you and where you come alive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and books can help that. Teaching can help that. You can attend a generous giving event, a women doing well. And there are all kinds of resources out there, but just start to look for the invitation from the Holy spirit and mm -hmm. just take them up on it and go, you know, just start yeah. living and it. Run with it. 
Yeah, yeah. Last question that I have for you is um, where can people find you? Actually, it's not the last question. I have one more question, but <laughs> where can people find you online? You can find us at womendoingwell.org. And we've intentionally designed our experiences and our resources for those who've been entrusted with much, right? Like, so they're not living paycheck to paycheck or in debt. And that's intentional because there's more and more people like that in America. But there's also great resources out there for, you know, for everyone. There's generouschurch.com. There's Generosity Path. If you know people internationally, they're doing a lot internationally. Um, there's just so many resources now on generosity that weren't there before. Awesome. That's fantastic. Um, and then the last question I ask this to every single guest, but what does abandoning average mean to you? Oh gosh, that is a great question. I would say running hard after the life God has for you. Living an intentional life rooted in my unique purpose and finding you know, passion and a plan to live that out on behalf of others has been everything about abandoning average because uh, it's just the best life I've, I, I couldn't even imagine that this existed 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for listening in on this podcast. I am so grateful for you. If you haven't left a review on the podcast yet, you can go ahead and pause right now and leave a quick review. It takes like 10 seconds. And then I will thank you so much to the end of the earth. But thank you guys again and keep abandoning average.